Um, so if you have your Bibles, uh, and like I said, you can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We are going to pick up uh, where we left off two weeks ago. Uh, last week we had a really important day. Anybody remember what that day was? Mother's Day. How about uh, um, just the way in which we celebrated it and having the, the elders speak of their wives? And everything. Did you guys enjoy that? That, that, was, pretty, that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, I think that that's something that we're going to probably do more of in the future because that's, uh, it's important to see, um, it's important to see what, what, what our family is like. Uh, and I can stand up here and you get one perspective of, of, of things, but when we have multiple uh, individuals come up here and talk about just the importance of God's Word and how it's impacting our lives and we see it in our families, I think it has even greater uh, um, effectiveness in our life because then we allow it to, to come in. Uh, and when I say it, the Word to come in and then the Spirit to do His thing. All right, Second Corinthians chapter 5. I, what, what I want to do is I, I still want to, uh, to um, follow the same path line as we have been following with the idea of the question, what in the heck is going on in our world? What's going on all around us? Um, although we, we do have all this great news and all this, these, these things that, that, that we're opening up, uh, we've already been open up, our, our economy here and, and this part, I mean, for most of us has been open up, but uh, I think what, January 2nd is, is the official day? What did I say? January. <laughs> that, that is going to be a long time. It is or it's already come, right? June 2nd. I don't know where my mind was. So June 2nd, it really, because I don't really care about June 2nd. It's already happened, right? Um, but uh, all, all these new things are coming out. What? They both start with J. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> One's really cold, right? So, um, but uh, what, what I want to do is, is look at what, um, uh, what, what in the heck's going on in our world, that question. Um, but really look at how we, as believers in Christ, um, are, are to respond, how, how we are to act you know, in, in the face of all of this, um, how we are to uh, basically face the, wor- the world without losing our minds, um, or what else? What was the other thing we talked about? Starts with a W. Winter, No. Without losing our minds or our witness. Remember, our, our witness is what people see. Uh, Jesus says in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that uh, when the Spirit is given to His people, His disciples, that we will be His witnesses to, it says, Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. We're the ends of the earth. We are our, our call. We all have a calling, and we talked about that a few weeks ago. We are all called as believers in Christ to be witnesses of what He has done. Why are we to be witnesses of what He has done? So that those loved ones that are in your family, that are in your work, your friend groups, whatever they may be, so that they can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So they can spend eternity with Him, not without Him, separated from Him. I, I look back and I see the, the, the uh, Who's Your One um, board back there. And I, as we were singing and, and worshiping uh, through a song, I was just looking at the names on there. And I'm just, I noticed somebody took one off. I don't know what that means. So who, whoever took that one off, I would just like to know the story. I don't, uh, 
that was your dad. He died, but he he came to know Jesus, didn't he? How 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 cool is that? Yeah. So he he came to know the Lord before, and uh, now he is uh, dancing in the streets. Um, so that that is awesome. I mean, that I, I didn't notice that until I was just looking back here, and I saw. I look at I I, I noticed those things. It was a little staple with a little piece of paper. I'm like, hmm, somebody took one off here. Uh, I, I can tell you this, my, my one that I've been uh, praying for, or I should say one of my ones, that I've been praying for and meeting with, and I, I, I told the guys the other day, I'm like, man, he's so close. Like I, It was like he, he's, he's right there on the edge, ready to, to surrender his life. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I just thank God for, for what, what he's doing through a, a, a crazy little campaign like that. And I hope that, that, that you all haven't just forgotten about the Hoosier one, and forgotten about, oh, yeah, I did put somebody's name on there. If you have, don't feel guilty, don't feel shame or anything like that. Be motivated to, you know what, I need to do something about that. Because God has called me to be a witness to them. And when we're looking at, or as we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 here, and we're asking the question about like what's going on in the world, and knowing that God has called us to not lose our minds and not lose our witness, uh, what we can see is how we are to, uh, to really act um, amongst and amidst all of the, this craziness and chaos that's going on. Uh, Paul, as he's writing um, this, or as he wrote the, the, this uh, uh, letter, is what it is, to this church. This church had a lot of craziness going on, and he's addressing different things. When we started this out a few weeks ago, we, we talked about how uh, uh, there's some things in which we are to live with. And I, and I know that, that you are, um, some of you have written them down on paper. Some of them are, are written in your head. But we, we talked about hope and longing and calling, right? We're to live with hope, with a hope that, that, that um, you know, this is not all it, that, that, it, that it's going to be about. Our hope that is that God is who he says he is, and he's done what, what he said he has done, and our hope is in him. And we, when we face this world and all the craziness that's going on, what we can understand is we have a hope in something greater, so that... If we do, um, when, when Paul talks about if this um, earthly temple is destroyed, if, if, if my body uh, uh, is put to the ground, even if that happens, I have a, a dwelling waiting for me in, in heaven. And that's what, you know, when, when, when uh, Dan was just saying, like, who is a child of God? That's the, one of, if not one of the most important pieces of the, uh, of the puzzle of life is being that child of God. Not everybody's a child of God. I mean, and we've talked about that before, and I think that that is um, vitally important for us to understand. Not so we can, like, puff out our chest and say, oh, I'm just so superior. No, but understand that you, I, we have a job to do. Because it says that Jesus came, and the reason that he came was to, to, to show who God is. He was the, the, the representation of the Father here on earth. And when Jesus left, it says that he sent his spirit to, to glorify the Son, to, to, to empower his people so that they can be the representation of the Father here on earth. And when, when Jesus came, it says that, that, that uh, those who believed in him were given the opportunity we're given the right to become children of God. 
So when we talk about children of God, what we have to understand is we have to see the importance of that, that, that difference between people who are not children of God and people who are. And it's not so, again, we can say, I'm superior. No, it's saying, oh my goodness, they need Jesus. Amidst all of this chaos that's going on in the world, this should, should, should ignite us to want to, uh, 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 as James says, snatch people out of the fire. This, this should motivate us. If, if, and if you're not motivated, uh, uh, come see me and I'll run laps. Dan and I will run laps around you. You know, he'll be praying in, in some crazy something you won't even understand, but we'll, be, we'll, we'll get you motivated. Um, understand that, that, that we have a calling that, that's placed on our life. And everybody's calling is different. I, I get it. We, we've, we talked a few weeks ago. Ben is not going to be as charismatic as me, right, in his calling. But that doesn't mean that, that Ben's calling as a smart aleck, shy guy. If you, haven't, if you haven't hung out with Ben, yes, he's so shy and everything. But I think he's the biggest jokester in this church. Because you never, you, you never would you know, think of it. So, Anyways, but his, his way of expressing his calling is going to be different. Just like your way is going to be different than, than, than his or mine. But nonetheless, we have a calling placed on our life that we are to live with because of the hope uh, and because of the longing uh, of looking toward and looking to what awaits us. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he's, he's uh, talking here, and I'm going to pick up in verse 10 because I don't think we have... You know what? Let me do this. I, I, I'm, I'm going to do it. i got plenty of time. Let's start in verse 1. I'll just read it, give a, a, a recap, and then we'll hit verse 10. Because verse 10 is where I, I want to uh, focus the next, uh, um, what, 20 minutes or so. Paul says, For we know that if, this, if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee, as a down payment, as a deposit. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. That was a couple weeks ago is what we really focused on, like pleasing God. Now, I, I, I just read uh, this morning uh, just something that said, uh, you know, God loved you. God loved you before you came into his family. Why would you think he would love you any less now that you're in his family? I, I say that because when we, when we look at this, when we're talking about uh, making it our aim to please him, we don't please God so he loves us. God loves you. Uh, um, he, he can't love you any more than he already does, and he will not love you any less than he does. God loves you uh, with a, 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 an infinite love. 
God loves you with a love that surpasses anything that you have ever felt or you have ever displayed here on earth. And when I say that, 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 that is a, a motivation. It should be an encouragement for us to want to please Him. While we're in the body, we should want to please Him. We should want to uh, do what is uh, in His eyes, in, in, in His sight line, what, what is pleasing to Him, what is satisfying to Him. Not that God needs to be pleased by you as if he, it would be uh, left empty or He would be left lacking uh, uh, if you didn't, but because He loves you, because He loves you, the, the, the outpour of, of, of our hearts as children, as, as Dan was saying, as children of God, the outpouring of our hearts should be love to please Him in return. Paul here, when he, after he says this, he goes into verse 10. And in verse 10, the stupid little things that you got to pick up on when you're reading Scripture. Look how verse 10 starts. It says, for, F-O-R. Well, what that means, that's connecting to what he just said. He said since he just said is our aim to please him, there is a reason in which we, we have an aim to please him. And he's saying this in verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So we aim to please him. Why do we aim to please him? Because we're going to stand in front of him one day. And when we stand in front of him, no one, doesn't matter if they believe in God or not, no one is going to escape the, 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 the time, the, the moment, that divine appointment with God when they're standing in front. No one, uh, out of the seven plus billion people that are alive today, no one will, will escape that. Now, I don't say that to, for us to, to be doom and gloom. Or, no, 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 no. That is to, to understand that, that we have a divine appointment to stand in front of the creator of the universe. Now, our standing in front of the creator of the universe as children of God is going to be different than those who are not children of God. We're not standing in front of God and, and, oh, I hope I get in. No, it's not a salvation issue at that point. It's not a a, a question of, of, are you saved, are you not? Are you a children of, uh, of God, are you not? No, when... His children stand in front of Him. It's all about the, the, what we have done on this earth. And I'm going to tell you this, it's all about rewards. Now we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this in, in a moment here. But understand when Paul says this, he says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This standing in front, and I love that. This divine appointment. I, I've talked to many of you, and you've, ta- you've told me about these uh, moments that you know that you're supposed to be exactly where it is you are at that moment. And you say, you know what? That's a divine appointment. I would agree. I think there are, are times in our life that God has preordained for us to be in a certain place for a certain reason so that he can use you for his glory. Well, in this divine appointment, God's glory is going to shine like it's never shined before. It's going to shine. It says, for we must all 
stand here. We must all appear here. Now, obviously, when, when Paul is talking here, the we that he's referring to is us, right? When I say us, it's, it's the church. It's those who have put their faith and their trust in Jesus for eternity. So he's saying we're going to be gathered and we're going to stand in front of, of, of him. Now, when, it's, when it talks about this, I, I think back to, uh, or I don't think back, or I think ahead to Revelation chapter 20. If we're, if we're wondering, well, what's it going to be like? What's it going to be like standing in front of, of God? Is he going to be like a, a night court and, and have a, 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 the, the, the bench? Who remembers night court? Yeah, who was your favorite? Bull. You like the judge? Oh, what was his name, Harry? Yeah. But it, 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 are we picturing God behind this big bench with this gavel? Well, I don't think that that's what it's going to look like. I think Revelation chapter 20 gives us an idea of what it's going to look like. Uh, verse 11. Look at verse 11. I'll read 11 through whatever I, whenever I stop here. Uh, verse 11 says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it from his, present, his presence, earth and sky fled away. And no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And the books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And, they were, and, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, remember what I said. When we stand in front of God, as believers in Christ, as we stand in front of God, we do not have to worry. God bless you. We do not have to worry if we're going to be thrown in the lake of fire or not. No, that is the, the, the judgment for those who do not confess and do not profess Christ as Lord. But the same picture is there. And I know some theologians will say, well, there's two different judgments and everything. I, I, I don't want to argue any of that. I don't, even, I don't think that it's true. I think there's one judgment, but the judge does, uh, uh, um, his, his, his ruling is different for believers and unbelievers. But what we see here is this beautiful picture of this, what, what, what is called the great white throne. So the, the one who sits on us, his earth and sky fled away because of his glory and his beauty. So when we stand, when Paul says we're all going to appear before uh, God, we're all going to appear before him, this is what it's going to look like. I don't think anybody's going to be like walking in there. What's up? I'm, I'm picturing just like, okay, I'm, I'm standing over here. I know I'm out of frame, but that's okay. I'm standing, they can still hear me. I'm standing over here, and I'm just like, oh, it's almost my time. Oh, I got the butterflies. Oh, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. It's kind of like Gabe last night. He went to his first uh, boy-girl party. Poor little guy. <laughs> he was so nervous. Oh, man. But it, 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 you, I, you can talk to him about that. I don't want to embarrass him too much. I love you, buddy. He, he's not, his allergies are killing him today, so he's actually watching online. He's going to kill me. Dude. I told you, you have to watch. So now I, I'll know as soon as I walk in the door if you watched or not. 
Dad, why'd you tell them? Uh, anyways, but it, it, it's, it's this anticipation of coming up and, and standing in front of the, 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 the creator of the universe, knowing that he's going to judge everything in which I've done, whether good or evil. Here, when, when, when Paul is talking, he says, he goes on, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body. This is where I, I, I believe that it is very clear. Our, our participation in this judgment as believers in Christ, our participation is to receive something here. Is to receive what is due. Now, this is not a receiving as in chastisement. Some people will be like, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of afraid. To, to, I know that I'm going to get into heaven, but man, I'm going to have to pay for all that stupid, you know, the, 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 the stupid decisions that I made for the church or the stupid this I did or the stupid that I did. That's not what judgment is going to look like. And, and some will say, well, you know, I'm going to be punished for what I've done. No, you won't. As a child of God, your punishment has already been paid. When we stand, so God does not believe in double jeopardy. Right? You're not going to be tried for the same. He, the Bible tells us that he has uh, forgiven us uh, not only the, 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 the uh, propitiation, uh, the, the satisfying of the wrath, the blood covers our sins, but also the expiation, the, the, the far as the east is from the west. He takes our sins and throws them and puts them as far as the east is from the west. So when we stand in judgment, it's not so that we can get chastised here. It says, as Paul says, so we may receive what is due for what, it, what he has done in the body. I, I love this when he says so that each one, each one of us, why am I geeking out about that? Because it's not, all right, let's get, LifePoint Church, it's our turn, let's go. No, it's going to be, all right, Lee Kackner, Jr., present. All right, what do they say, you know, president all accounted for, something I can't even remember what we were supposed to say. All president accounted for, sir. Right? Or if you're in the Air Force, it's like, Right? Army, that's right. Air Force. Army's more like, right? Angry. We didn't get good chow. But no, so each one of us, each one of us. So, so think about this. It's not a big corporate thing at this point. It's each one of us. So that shows us individual responsibility. But not only does it show individual responsibility here, it shows us intimacy between us and, and the Creator. I, I, and I know that we have a tendency to go to the, to the extreme on the negative, like, oh, it's, I have so much weight on me. But think about it. If you have individual responsibility, each one of you that there's an intimacy that the Bible says that God knows every hair on their head. Some have more than others. But God knows every hair on their head. He says that the two sparrows
Yes? No? Yeah, I'm back. Like the Energizer Bunny, let's go. So the importance, uh, what I was saying here, is the, uh, the intimacy that we have with the Creator. We have this intimacy that we're, each one of us are going to stand in front of Him to receive so that we may receive what is due. Now, when you think of this, I, I love the, 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 uh, the, the thought that's behind this, really the, the, the wording and how it's used in the, the, the original. It, it means to be recompensed. We don't use that word recompensed often. Be paid back. We would use something like that. But recompense means to just think, just break it down. I mean, remember back to, uh, what is it, third, fourth grade English class where you break the words down. Take the, the re off of that and you got compen, oh, compensate. Think of recompensate. That we may be recompensed, excuse me, for what is due. Now, when we think about this, my mind goes to Revelation chapter 22. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, this is Jesus. If you have red letter Bibles, this is Jesus talking. He says, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. When Jesus returns, when he comes back, is that the fan or is that the raining? Oh my goodness, I came in on a hurry. Man, the, the, it, it's just a crazy day. So anyway, when Jesus comes back, it's going to be awesomer than that, right? The sky's going to split open. But it says when, when Jesus comes back, he says, I'm bringing my recompense. Now, the, this recompense, what, he, what he's saying is he's bringing, when he comes back, when Jesus comes back, he's bringing his rewards with him. What do you mean his rewards? That in which he is going to award, reward us for what we have done, like Paul is saying, whether good or evil. The Apostle Paul says in, in 2 Timothy, verse 7 and 8, because I, I, we, we can see that, that rewards, rewards are not something that, that, um, that, that some TV preacher made up. Rewards are, are, are going to be given in heaven. Now, and I know I've said this before, how you can have rewards in a place that is already awesome how can it be awesome-er? I don't understand it all. So I'm not going to say like, yeah, it's going to be this. And some people say, well, you're going to get this, and you're going to get this. And you're instead of having a three-story mansion, you're going to have a four-story mansion. And I, that, that, that doesn't say that. But what it says is there's, that, that there are going to be rewards in heaven. These rewards, Paul says in, in verse uh, or chapter. 4 of 2 Timothy, verse 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. When we look at this, Paul is saying here, as he's saying elsewhere, that we are going to receive something when we stand, when Jesus comes back and we stand in front of him. We are going to receive the rewards that are due, whether good or evil. Think about this for a second. When we're thinking about, and this is what, where I, I really want us to really grab hold of, and this is my big idea for you all today. 
The way we face today will affect the rewards of our tomorrow. The way we face today will affect the rewards of our tomorrow. Now that is important. That that is not that we are, and, and hear me, because this is where we can get derailed a little bit. That we can have all the train crossings around here, you know, all you know, uh, jammed up. We can get derailed in the sense of, okay, I'm seeking after the reward. Well, if you seek after the reward, you're wrong. You seek after what God has called you to, the reward comes. So don't think that, okay, I've got to do this so I get this. If you have that I get, I'm doing so I get mentality, you're not going to get a reward because that's self-satisfying. You're like, well, I want to get as many as I can. Okay, if you want to get as many rewards as you can, Jesus tells us very clearly through, through the Spirit of God, through the Apostle Paul, that um, what, what pleases God and what our calling is and all that is to be sanctified. Our sanctification, what does that mean? Becoming more and more and more like Christ. That, it, it, that's what we focus on, is becoming more like Him. As we become more like Jesus, the rewards will come. It's not focusing on the rewards, it's focusing on Jesus. It's, it's having the mindset of sanctification, because when we stand in front of, uh, of Jesus as believers, it's for where our sanctification is going to be what is judged, not our salvation. So we, we look at this, and Paul is saying that, that we're going to receive we're going to receive what we're due, whether good or evil. And this is where I think that we can get a little bit mixed up. Because Paul makes it sound like, well, whether you are a Christian or you're not, that's not, I, I, don't, I don't believe that that's what Paul is saying here. And I know that, that um, as I was studying through all this, there, there are you know, a couple different views on, on what he is talking about. But the predominant view that I saw was he's talking about um, more of a foundation than a, a, a foundation of what works that are done, that are built upon versus uh, um, a, a, a saved, saved or not saved mentality. What, what, what I mean, okay, so when he says this, whether good or evil, think about when he's talking about, because Paul has written a letter previous to this, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he talks about works and deeds, and he talks about these things that if you, if you listen to Dan pray, he, he, he prays this quite often, uh, but he talks about these things that are going to be tested. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 11, and we're, we're, circling, we're circling the runway here. Just relax. Remember, we had like a three-minute uh, interruption, so I get three minutes for you. Just playing. First uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, he says, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, Wood, hay, straw, or I think uh, Dan always says stubble, right? Each one's work will be become manifest, for the day will disclose it. Notice day is, is capitalized. It's returning of the Lord. Because it will be revealed by fire. 
And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Well, what was he saying? This is that testing time. He's saying that we're going to get what is due, but the testing, whether good or evil, it's going to be put through the fire. And those things that are precious, the gold, silver, and precious stones, will sustain, will be able to make it through the fire. But the wood, hay, and stubble will be burned up. Think of valuable and invaluable. I don't even know if that's the proper word. Or doesn't have worth. Unworthy. Because when Paul is talking here, he says that only those works that survives God's refining fire have eternal value and worthy of reward. It's the eternal value in the works that are going to be judged. Those valuable works, those gold, those silver, those costly stones, those things that are built upon the foundation of faith in Christ. Think about it like this. Is what you are doing built upon the foundation of Christ? Is what you are doing and the actions you are taking a result of your faith in Christ? That doesn't mean that when you go and you wipe your kid's nose or whatever, or, or, or whatever you want to say, that doesn't mean those things are bad, but it's talking about the worth, the eternal value here. If it's not, if whatever it is, it is not built on uh, um, uh, faith, on the foundation of faith in Christ, that would be the wood, hay, and stubble. So don't think about them as uh, being necessarily bad things. They're just things that don't have eternal value. I can walk an old lady across the street. Great thing, right? Unless it's like 183 and there's big trucks and everything coming. No, playing Frogger. Who remembers Frogger? They, they call it, what do they call it now, hoppy, jumpy roads or hoppy something? I don't know, my kids in the second service will tell me. But it, 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 it's, I can do a good deed like that, but that good deed, if it's not built upon the, faith, uh, on the foundation of faith in Christ, it's just a good deed. It's a wood, hay, or stubble. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it will be burned up. It doesn't have eternal value. It's the eternal value of the good works in which we do that will, will uh, uh, um, produce the rewards in which we get. Think about uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Because when, in Ephesians chapter 2, it, it gives us a little bit more insight to this. Ephesians chapter 2, I mean, most people know uh, verses 8 and 9. You know, for by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. But verse 10, we can't, we can't stop at verse 9. Verse 10 has great importance. It says, for we are His workmanship. We are God's work. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. So the eternal value and the good works in which we do that are built upon the foundation of faith in Christ, God prepared them. And he says that we should walk in them. I don't want to confuse anybody with, with this saying. 
What, what I want you to do is I, I want you to just take a second and, 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 and just pull back and look at, is what I'm doing in my life built on the foundation of my faith in Christ? And that's going to cover every area. Well, that's just for the spiritual side. No, it's for every area. It's how you work at work. It's how you parent your kids. It's how you love your spouse. It's all of those things. Because we're going to stand in judgment, and all of that stuff's going to be tested by fire. And the rewards that come, those things in which we do in the body, in this tent, those things in which we do, we will, we will be uh, judged whether they're, they're good or they're evil. And, and, and again, I know that this thing, what, well, it seems bad. No, just, just think of, of, of the, the, the eternal value. God uses language like this. It's kind of like when Jesus says, if your um, eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your hand causes you to sin, chop it off, right? If, if your other arm, you know, it'd be merely a flesh wound. No, no Monty Python fans in here. Same type of language in which we're, we're yeah, if they're, it would be better if you're Monty Python fans with the dry humor. I would just go over like, but uh, anyways, but it, it's that same understanding that they're, they're valuable works and then there's unrewardable uh, uh, works because they, they're burnt up. But nonetheless, as we look at and we, we think about what's going on, we think about this life that, that we are facing, and we understand that the way in which we face today will affect the rewards for tomorrow. That should be a, 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 a good litmus or a good guide for us on how we're to face everything that's going on around us. Because we, we should do this, and here's, here's a closing question for you. You evaluate this on, on your own, you answer this on your own. How are, you going, how are you going to face the situations of today knowing that it will affect what happens in your tomorrow? And I'm saying tomorrow here is your eternity. I, I don't think that, that we, we think about that. I'm not saying we should be paranoid. No, but I've said for years that this, these crazy ideas that you don't take anything to heaven with you, those, that, that's not true. There are things that you, you take to heaven. Your brothers and sisters are one in Christ, are going to be in heaven, but also your sanctification. You, the way in which you're coming, becoming more and more and more like Christ, it's in the suitcase. Remember, sanctification suitcase. It's in that suitcase, and that's what's going to be going with you. Because it's, it's what's in that suitcase is what's going to be judged, whether good or evil, it's going to be rewards. What, what, what are your rewards when you stand in heaven? I think that our mindset as, as believers, I got one minute, I think our mindset as believers should be this. Yes, I'm saved for eternity, but I want to prepare for it. I may be saved. I know that I'm going there. I know that I'm going to see uh, Dee's dad there, but I want to prepare for it. I think if we prepare more now, the way in which we face and deal with the situations in our world would be totally different. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you. We love you. Uh, God, uh, texts like this uh, can be difficult at times, but we know that your word is true. Uh, God, I, I pray that, that the, the, the words in which you have given me, that we have all heard, myself included, uh, that, that they would sink in down deep so that we know uh, that we have responsibility and there's an intimacy that you have with us that one day we will stand in front of you. 
and you will judge what we have done, whether good or evil. But God, you want to reward your children. You're a loving Father. God, we, we pray that, that we can work now, not for our salvation, but we, we work as a responsibility out of love for you because you have first loved us. God, if there's someone in the sound of my voice who does not know you and has not put their faith and trust in you, it is my prayer that first that, that their heart is just shattered just in a way that only you can mend it back together. They have such a longing in them to, to know you that they cry out to you. They confess with their mouth that, that Jesus is Lord and they believe in their heart that you raised them from the dead. That you raised him from the dead by the power of your spirit. So God, I, I pray for the rest of us that we need to, as believers, that we need to, to live what we, we say we, we believe. Let us prepare for eternity. God, we thank you for what, you're done, what you've done, what you're doing, what you will do. And we pray this all in Jesus' beautiful name. And all of God's people say, Amen. Y'all have a great week.